Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. week odyssey of grit, determination, endurance, and will, where the weak are exposed and the strong revered. From Bleed Entertainment, this is Falcon's Flight. Insights and analysis on your Atlanta Falcons. Now, here's Robert Taylor and your host, Brian Giffen. It is Falcon's Flight, finally, edition number 24, about to hit the shelves. Brian Giffen along with Robert Taylor, we're back. The Falcons have largely filled out their entire new administrative staff, coaching staff, etc., and we'll get into that in depth here in just a little bit. want to remind you that the Super Bowl is here, and you can get in on all the action at betonline.ag. Tampa Bay, the first team in history to play for the title on their home field, is currently a a three-and-a-half-point underdog against Kansas City, looking for back-to-back titles for the first time in almost two decades. BetOnline has hundreds of props on the game, including MVP, margin of victory, and even the length of the national anthem. It never ends. Always reliable online or on your mobile device. Visit betonline.ag today. That's A-G. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Well, again, Brian Giffen, Robert Taylor, we're thrilled to be back with you. It's been kind of a break for us with a number of different things going on, and we're very pleased to be joined via the telephone by Jeff Benedict. He operates Blogging Dirty and obviously worked in sports radio here in the Atlanta market for a handful of years. And Robert, first, I'll go to you. Here we sit with an entire new coaching staff now, a new GM is in place, and I say this all the time, man, winning is hard. There's a reason these jobs change coaches on average every three to four years, GMs maybe every five to six years, but here we go, fasten your seatbelt with a new administration. Yeah, and there's nothing but optimism out there. That's all you can have because they haven't made any moves yet. They've already said this lineup is probably not going to look the same later in the year as it does now, but they've got a lot of great experience in there. And and thing I can't remember if I'd mentioned on this show previously or not, but one thing that speaks to Arthur Smith as a person is he survived three different coaching and administration changes in Tennessee, and that very rarely ever happens. Terry Fontenot spent 18 seasons with the Saints. I kind of wonder how things are going to go down on draft day and how well they're going to work together. You got Dean Pease, who was a D.C. for the Patriots. He was a D.C. for that Ravens team. Came out of retirement to work with Arthur. So I fully believe that the Falcons got it right. I think they're building a winning formula, but really all we can do now is just sit back and wait and read things like blogging dirty with our friend we got on, and everything else is just speculation until everything starts to shake out and we get that first spring practice under our belts and see what kind of moves they make. 
Let's bring aboard our guest. It is Jeff Benedict, who is the operator of Blogging Dirty, obviously covers the Falcons, and as I mentioned a little bit ago, has worked in radio, sports radio in the market, as I have and multiple others do. Jeff, hey, man, it's good to have you on board. We appreciate it. First of all, what are your thoughts on all these administrative changes? I appreciate the time. I agree with Robert. I am actually a fan of these moves. Uh, I think the Falcons got it right this time, which is, you know, there are a lot of teams across the league that they didn't get it right, and their fans know it. A lot of guys on the team know it. But, yeah, I think the Falcons nailed it with Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith. And, you know, there were four teams coming into this offseason that needed both a general manager and head coach. And I think the Falcons are, you know, they came out of the other side of this as the league leader among those four teams that got both of those positions right. So I'm excited about it. Uh, I think it was time for, for a change, especially when you talk about front office personnel from the GM side of it, from the scouting side of it, all of that has changed. And so I'm excited about what this Falcons team is going to do moving forward. Well, when you look at this list of people, you know, Dean Pease, 71 years old, as Robert just talked about, coached three different administrations in Tennessee. So this is a guy that's been around. Talk a little bit about Dave Ragone, who joins and becomes the offensive coordinator. Marquis Smith will coordinate the special teams. The one holdover from the previous staff, as it turns out, is wide receivers coach Dave Brock. And at least there is one person connected to the previous staff but you know there's an old adage about coaches and a great example I can give you and look no further than Bill Belichick this year you have to have the right players I mean Jim Leland famously won 100 games one year with the Marlins lost 100 games the next year after they'd sold everything you got to have players and there's some talk now about changing to a 3-4 scheme that's obviously a departure from what they've done in the past defensively and there are a lot of things that are going to have to be addressed personnel wise I think to fit the model and the vision that these guys have for the franchise yeah no question I, I you know Brian I agree with you on that one I think it'll be interesting to see what Arthur Smith does with this offense uh, obviously he had a lot, a lot of success in Tennessee the last couple of years, you know, he took guy like a guy like Ryan Tannehill, who was you know after eight years in the league was essentially done when he got to Tennessee, and then you know a guy like Derrick Henry. There were a lot of people who were you know comparing him to Trent Richardson after his first couple of years when you know he only had four starts in his first two years in the league, and you know then after Smith got a hold of him, and, and obviously he's resurrected both those guys' careers, and so you know this is going to be the first time in Matt Ryan's career that he's had an offensive-minded head coach. I think that will help him uh, as he you know enters what year fourteen yeah. in the NFL at the age of thirty-five, and so. I'm excited about that. You know, both of you guys brought up Dean Pease. Now, I'll be honest, I'm a little reserved when it comes to, to Dean Pease. I know he's had a lot of success in the NFL. You know, he's won a few Super Bowls. My issue is is something you guys already said was his age at 71. And to me, he's already retired twice in the last three years. Yeah. Right? So how much more does he have in the tank? <laughs> I think it's one of those things where maybe coaches, family members, and or wives may start to give them the business a little bit because coaching is something that's just in your blood. Great football coaches, they eat it, they sleep it, they drink it, they talk about it constantly. So I just wonder, because he had such a great relationship with Arthur Smith, did he just see this as such a wonderful opportunity to come in and be a part of something really special and rebuild a new culture in Atlanta, and I, and I kind of likened it to maybe uh, you know an Elway esque 
kind of exit for Matt Ryan. We get these guys in here and, you know, a season or two, they get the system in place and they get things rolling and maybe we can get Matt Ryan into a couple of Super Bowls and he wins them and he rides off into the sunset a hero. That's my dream scenario, actually. You know, I, I think when you look at it, Keith, I, I would hope what the ultimate draw would be is, is when you look at this Falcons defense, I know they get a lot of a lot of crap because they haven't been very good lately, right? But when you look at all three levels, you have one of the league's best in Grady Jarrett. Yeah. You move to the linebacker core, you got one of the league's best in Deion Jones. And then when you look at the secondary, I mean, the secondary's got to be reworked this offseason, but you do have arguably one of the best young quarters in A.J. Terrell. So if you're if, if you're a guy who likes to blitz as much as Cheese does and you see those three guys on all three levels of your defense, like you've got to be salivating in the mouth to, to come take a bite of that. You know, another thing that going to more of it, at least a 3-4 philosophy does, is it puts some onus on pressure from beyond the defensive front, as in blitz schemes. Obviously, you want linebackers that play outside backer that are kind of in that Dwight Freeney, Robert Mathis type of mold that they don't have to be the biggest guys around but smallish faster guys that can get around some of the big tackles in the NFL it's going to be interesting to see how they manufacture pressure and how they acclimate to changing schemes certainly for those who have been in more of the classic 4-3 over the years. When I look at their personnel right now, I, I, I question whether or not they'll fully commit to a 3-4. I mean, I, I think we've all been around football long enough. You know, in order to have a truly, really good 3-4, you got to have that dominant nose tackle. you yeah. got to have that dominant guy. It, it's zero. And, and so right now, when you look at this defense, I think you're, you'll probably see Tyler Davison be that zero technique. I think you'll see Grady Jarrett and, and Alan Bailey on the outside, and then obviously Dante Fowler and, and Foyer Lucon and those guys probably fill in those linebacker spots. So I think if they're going to make the move to 3-4, they're going to have to build some depth uh, in a couple of those positions that they need anyway. I just don't know where you get that dominant defensive tackle, right? Like the old, the Tony Saragusas, right? Like those guys that yeah. truly dominated in the 90s and the 2000s, you know, with that zero technique. So uh, it'll be interesting for me to see where they go if they are truly going to commit to being a 3-4 defense. Yeah, a Vince Wilfork type of guy that really clogs yes. up the middle. That's another good example. You switch to the offensive side of the ball for a minute. And you talk about Dave Ragone, 41 years old, late of now the Chicago Bears. Bears. He's been a quarterback coach a good bit of his career. He was their pass game coordinator, and he worked with guys like Jay Cutler, for one, which I kind of compare to a modern-day Jeff George. Cannon arm, you know, all the tools in the world, but a terrible leader and a guy who wasn't accountable. And it'll be interesting to see how that translates with Ragone. And his, he also worked with Kirk Cousins when he was on the Washington staff a number of years ago. And Cousins obviously went on in those years with Washington and put up good numbers, good enough to get him that, what many people now would consider, absurd contract in Minnesota. You know, when I look at Dave Ragone, I'm actually confused as to why he's even on this staff, if I'm being completely honest with you. Arthur Smith has already said that he's going to call the plays, and then you have Charles Dungan, who's technically the quarterback's coach. Yeah. So what exactly is Ragone going to do for his team? Like, what <laughs> what is his purpose? What is going to be his role? And I think that's something that they're going to have to define very early in this process if everything is going to work out appropriately for them. And I'm just wondering, is it maybe a grooming role and they had such a great working relationship in Tennessee because if I'm not mistaken they brought Charles London from Chicago who was a running backs coach who's now going to be the QB coach so I just mm-hmm. wonder is it going to be hey Dave get up in the booth kind of learn from me maybe some play calling sharing moments he might have Dave you know hey Dave what do you see what should we run and Arthur's going to go mm, you know I don't like that we're going to change it up 
So that was the big question I asked as well. I know we spoke earlier. You said you spent some time with CBS Sports, and there's a lot of Falcons fans out there who have heard of Blogging Dirty who don't know Jeff Benedict. So real quick, just give us kind of a bio of how'd you get involved in sports and broadcasting and what brought you to the Atlanta area and starting the Blogging Dirty website. I've been in the Atlanta area since I was I was 15, so back in the mid-90s, so I've been here for a while. Did a lot of different things, you know, messed around for about 20 years, and then finally went back to school and, and got a degree and, and met a guy by the name of David Brody, who was in broadcasting for a really long time. And then I got hooked up with a guy by the name of Ron Barr, who's actually in the Broadcasting Hall of Fame. He started a company called Sports Byline USA yeah, back sure. in the 80s. And so I actually worked for Ron. I was his executive producer for a couple of years. That was my first break into the radio industry. And then I, you know, I talked to a couple of people over at 90 as I wanted to kind of be local. And I started out in 929 as a, a part-time producer and then moved into an on-air role within, I think it was within four or five months. So it was pretty quick. And then, you know, did late night radio shows, weekend radio shows, and then was a reporter for them. So I covered the Falcons, the Hawks, you know, the, the Braves, Atlanta United, Georgia, Georgia Tech. So I kind of did everything during my time in, in radio. And after about five years, I just decided that it was time to be dad and because, you know, I've got a couple kids. And so you guys know radio is not one of those. That, Boy, uh, do you know, we you a whole lot of time so but yeah and then i got an opportunity to uh work for for fan Friday, who actually owns blogging dirty so i'm the, the site editor i obviously write a lot and you know, i've covered the Falcons for a long time so it seemed like a natural fit that one keep me involved in sports and the Falcons are, are you know probably my favorite football team and so it's great to be able to cover them and still write about them and kind of keep myself you know keep the foot in the door when it comes to the media because you never say never back to the falcons now one of the things that kind of stands out and has been talked so much about and apparently isn't going to happen is the departures of one or both of Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. It appears the goal is to obviously build this thing right, but also to try to win now and to keep assets that you have, at least for the time being. For me, I think that's the right idea. And I've posed this question because if you live in Atlanta long enough and you pay attention to the NFL, you know that, that half of this fan base hates Matt Ryan and you know the other half loves him. I've never met a fan who's been like, oh, Matt Ryan's okay. Like, like they either love him or they hate him. And if you, you hate him, you're upset that they're not going to move on from him. And if you love him, you think it's great he's going to be here. But the question that I ask both of them is, I think we, most people can agree, Matt Ryan's not the problem. He's also not the answer, but he still has a couple of good years in front of him, right? And I think with the right coach, and I believe that they have that, Arthur Smith, to me, this is probably the most dangerous offense in the NFL when you look at Calvin Ridley, you look at Julio Jones, you look at what Matt Ryan still has, uh, and then you add a couple of guys in there. There's a couple other playmakers on this offense that are absolutely dangerous. So I, I think it's the right move. I think it's the right call. And, you know, Matt Ryan's already said, look, you know, the nature of this business is I know I'm going to have to groom the next one. You know, while I'm not out here to be a coach, I understand that that's the responsibilities. And it sounds like he's going to welcome if they do bring in a young guy. And not to skip ahead because I don't know where we're going to go with this conversation, but they're not going to drop the quarterback in the top five pick of, of the NFL draft this year. My biggest thing about Matt Ryan is I love him. He is hands down the greatest quarterback this franchise has ever had and could potentially ever have. The biggest thing that people say, well, he doesn't have the hardware. He's got some playoffs wins. He's been to a Super Bowl. But the numbers are there. And Matt Ryan, and Brian has heard me say this about a billion and a half times, Matt Ryan has been good and won despite the Falcons. And I think, the dead money and all that aside, I think Arthur Blank and the city of Atlanta owe it to Matt Ryan to try to keep him and build something strong around him these last few years. Just what he's done in the community, and he's just a fine human being. 
And mm-hmm. anybody out there that says Matt Ryan isn't a good quarterback or a premier and elite quarterback, I just immediately shut them down and go, we don't have anything to talk about. Because guess what? That old song, go ahead, get rid of Matt Ryan if you want, but you don't <laughs> know what you got till it's gone. And it's so hard to find those guys like a Pat Mahomes and Tom Brady's and Aaron Rodgers these days. So you better enjoy it while it lasts because we don't know who's next. You know, I really like this Zach Wilson kid out of BYU, but like you were saying, I don't think it's time to pick him yet. And I don't know what they're going to do on draft day, and no one does, and we can only Mm -hmm. speculate. But I could see them taking that four pick and maybe trading it for a King's Ransom for some later picks, try to find that edge rusher, maybe a little more secondary help. And then next year is when they go, okay, now let's look for our quarterback of the future. To your point where, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, right? We do know that Terry Fodden, the new general manager, has said, look, we're going to take guys, you know, we're going to take the best available pick. And, of course, when you listen to fans, you know, fans are like, oh, well, Mark Hyper says this, or Todd Mastery says this, or CBS says this. At the end of the day, because we don't know what Arthur Smith thinks, we don't know what Terry Fodden thinks, because we've never been through this process with him, we've never watched this unfold, we have no idea how they're going to stack their board. We have no idea how they're going to rate guys. So while we may think, for argument, mistake here. I don't think Justin Fields is the, is the fourth best prospect in this draft, but that doesn't mean that they don't have him that. Or, you know, they may have Kyle Pitts as the fourth best prospect and the best available. They may take him out of Florida. So we have no idea and the best available, you know, one thing I want people to realize is best available is highly, highly subjective, and we don't know how they're looking at that board yet. We don't know how they're looking at that talent yet. So until we get to that point, yes, it's fun to speculate. It's fun to wonder what it would be like to draft certain guys. But at the end of the day, nobody can like thump their chest and say, I'm right. This is the way it's going to go because we simply just don't know. Jeff, I read some pieces you've written about Clemson recently about basketball, and I bring this up because, see, you've been on sort of all sides of this, and what I'm getting at is this weird year with COVID, first of all, there is no real in-person version, to my knowledge, of Radio Row, which if you've ever been on Radio Row, it's (laughs) definitely an interesting week prior to the game. But as a guy who spent some time in sports radio and then as a guy who writes a lot and i read a recent piece where you gave some good constructive and i thought very well written criticism of the clemson basketball program and somebody over there lo and behold in sports radio took exception to that as though you were taking shots at them that's that's emblematic of the times that we're in and you had some fun with that didn't you oh i absolutely did (laughs) and it was one of those where you know when you're in sports talk and and we've all reached out for guests and we've all wanted to bring people on who had a really different take nobody ever reached out to me right like i didn't know this was happening until people started hitting me up on twitter And, and so like i think it's crazy like when you get into this business like we're paid to give opinions. Like, you know, in sports talk radio, you're paid to give an opinion. You're, you're paid to editorialize. You're not the news. Like you're not breaking, you know, you're not breaking news. And, and like, you can disagree with somebody, but there are just too many people in this industry now that carry the water for certain programs or certain coaches. Yeah. And, you know, I think Dick Vitale is the epitome of that. Like, I can't listen to that guy anymore because he just, his favorite coaches can do no wrong and everybody else is just trash. And, 
I just I think it's crazy when you have guys in media that are so connected to somebody that they can't take a step back and go, well, wait a minute, there's a problem here, or wait a minute, things can get better. And so I don't care whether it's Clemson, I don't care if it's the Falcons, if it's UGA, like you've got to be able to take a step back if you're in the radio business or you're in the broadcasting business because you need to have a holistic approach and a holistic look at that, and sometimes things aren't right. I'll tell you what, I told this story on a recent show, and I'm not going to out anybody or call anybody out, but... I heard a host not too long ago that's a sports radio guy, and he's a pretty good one, I might add, but he actually made the comment online that he questioned Dabo Sweeney's football IQ. And my first inclination is, okay, really? Uh, What the hell? And, you know, honestly, it is people's job in sports radio to criticize coaches and or general managers if they feel like they're failing in an editorial manner. But for a guy who's probably never worn a jockstrap in his life to question a championship-winning coach's football IQ is, to me, the epitome of absurdity. When you look at football coaches, and I don't care if it's college or the NFL or you know, even college basketball or baseball, any sport you look at, when you look at the, the successful head coaches, by and large, they are fantastic CEOs. Of course. Right? And a fantastic successful CEO doesn't know everything and they know their limitations. So what do they do? They surround themselves with guys who can pick up that slack. And I think that's what any coach does, right? When you put 11 guys on the field or you put five guys on the floor, you're trying to make sure you get the best 11 or the best five and guys that will cover up the other guy's weaknesses so that they all come out stronger together. And I think Dabble does a really good job of surrounding him with guys of positions that he doesn't know. I mean, when you look at Brett Vanagel, he's one of the best defensive coordinators in college football. You know, Tony Elliott is, you know, okay offensively, but he works well with, with Coach Sweeney, who pretty brilliant offensive mind, if we're being honest. So he did a really good job of, of surrounding himself with guys who are efficient in places he's deficient. And I think that is why he has, has had so much success over the last 10, 11 years. So before we get you out of here, I'm going to talk about something. I've read your blog before. Haven't seen anything about it on there. I'm sure you've probably covered it, though. But I think you might agree with me that Atlanta – has one of the worst fan bases in all of sports. We're talking baseball, basketball, football. There's some of the whiniest, most fair-weather, just awful fans. I remember after that Patriots Super Bowl at the facilities in Flowery Branch, there was like four guys and this one old dude drinking a bottle of hooch out of a paper bag, missing a shoe to welcome the team home. (laughs) So, what? and I told Brian, you know, I was very lucky to meet him. Guy, he's got such a great resume. I said, Brian, I want to do something on radio or podcasting to help reform and reshape Atlanta sports fan culture because it's just so awful. And I said, you know, I turn on Atlanta sports radio and there's a guy from New England who's always talking about the Patriots or there's another guy who's always talking about the Eagles, or there's a guy that played for the Eagles. There's really no local people here that love the team and support the team. And I'm not talking about being a homer because, hey, Brian and I on our podcast, when the Falcons stink, boy, they stink and we let them know it. We even have this recording of this old sad bugler that plays. We did that at 0-5. It's taps. (laughs) Yeah. So my question to you is now that we've made a connection, I would like to ask your help in helping me change that culture and tell these guys, hey, if we can be more positive, more supportive, less negative, less critical, 
you'd be surprised what that 12th man can do to a franchise. And I've asked this question to other people, and they agreed with me. Do you believe because of the negative stigmatism behind the Atlanta fan base that keeps some people, be it players, coaches, or administrative people, from coming here? Oh, I, I think it absolutely does. And I think if you just look at the college level, you know, look at UGA, look how positive UGA are fans when it comes to, to that program, right? And they haven't won anything, in, you know, since I was literally the since of the year I was born. And yet, you know, you look at the positivity that, that surrounds that program, like they always believe that George is going to win a national title. And look at the talent that they're bringing in. You know, people want to be there in Athens because they, you know, the fan base is, is inviting and the fan base makes game days exciting. When you go to Mercedes-Benz, people there would rather have something else to do. Like, they go there to socialize. <laughs> it's, it's, it's more of a, hey, look, I can afford a Falcons ticket. It's not, hey, look, I'm a Falcons fan. It's a completely different mindset, whereas if you go to Kansas City, like, that, that city bleeds red. If you go to Buffalo, that city bleeds blue. If you go to Seattle, that city bleeds that team. But when you come here to Atlanta, like, there are allegedly a lot of Falcons fans, but you don't see them. And, and the ones that you do hear from are the negative ones or, or the transplants who don't like the team anyway. So I agree with you. If, if real Falcons fans would stand up, if real Falcons fans would find a way to get to the game, I think you would see that change and you would see guys who want to come be here because the fans do matter. Like, players, especially today when you have social media – and they have that insight into fans and they, you know, fans can reach out and touch them. They feed off either that negative or positive energy. And fortunately here in Atlanta, it's all the negative people that, that they're seeing. And so I do believe, I agree with you, that that chases some guys away. I tell you what, when I think of the typical Atlanta sports fan, and I'm sure you've probably seen this movie, but I think of Randy Quaid in Major League Two. When he's in the stands and they, ah, they'll just blow it in the playoffs. Oh, they're, t- you know, like just the worst, yeah. just trying. And, and I'm really trying to tell people to, hey, if you can't get on board and be supportive and like, do you know how hard it is to win? Do you know how hard it is to play the quarterback position? Do you know how hard it is to play any position on a football field? Question is, or actually the answer is most of you don't. So I'm really, really right. out there every week just telling everybody, take the negativity and everything, find another team. And people like myself, you know, I don't want to see the Falcons go defeated every year, but, man, I've been watching the Hawks forever. And if you had asked me several years ago as a child, would I ever see the Atlanta Braves accomplish what they accomplished? I just said no, but guess what? I was down there watching the games following the news and I'm just really want more people out there in the community just really ragging on these people and just saying hey beat it we got better things to do with our time than listen to you whine and complain about a team that you say you love I could not agree more. I absolutely agree with you. And, and hopefully, you know, Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith are stepping the right direction in terms of, of, you know, getting the fan base turned around as well. I think that's an, an important key that not many people talk about. Back to that fan experience thing and what you were talking about with people going to the stadium just to socialize. A line from Brewster's Millions, the old Richard Pryor, John Candy movie. <laughs> you can't play baseball without a band. And that goes back to when I was in the minor <laughs> leagues when even minor league stadiums are putting in Ferris wheels and swimming pools. You know what? You go to Fenway or Wrigley, it's about baseball. You don't have some stupid yeah. idiot contest where a bunch of people are dressed up like hammers and drills and all this other crap. You don't need all of that. The game is beautiful on its own. Go and appreciate the game and cheer for your team. Now, Phil the Bucket, that's my dude, man. I love him. <laughs> I a- love the tool race. Phil's my guy, so yeah. I'll have to disagree with you on that one. <laughs>
Jeff, man, we really appreciate it. Let's talk for a second about blogging dirty. What do you have coming up now? I'm sure that people can read your recaps and your thoughts on all these moves. And obviously, you have a draft looming. You have free agency looming. There's a lot of question marks surrounding the NFL beyond, of course, the upcoming big game. Yeah, so we'll we'll get into all of that. We you know we, we try to post a, a weekly mock draft of kind of what's updating versus what we hear, what we see. So you know we, we try to do that. And the beauty of, of blogging dirty is, is you know we give a lot of opinions. We don't break news. We're not yep. we're not a, a media source. We give you opinions from Falcons fans, right? Going back to, to that phrase. You know, we are actual fans. And so, you know, there are times where we're going to be, you know, we're going to be real. We're going to be honest. But we're going to give you what we think is best for the team. So, you know, we'll get into the guys that are probably not going to, that will more than likely be June 1st cuts to save some money. So we've got that stuff coming up. We obviously have the draft coming up, which will be a lot to go over here the next three months. we got a lot coming up here on Blocking Dirty. So if you guys don't check it out, make sure you do. Uh, especially if you are a legit Falcons fan. Uh, he, if you're a Saints fan, you're a Bucks fan, you can go find another website. He is Jeff Benedict, and he is the writer and, of course, operates Blogging Dirty, as we talked about a little bit earlier. Check out his website, won't you? About a million people a month do, so you won't be disappointed, I promise you. Jeff, we greatly appreciate it, man. We'll look forward to visiting with you more down the road. Brian, Robert, it was a pleasure, guys. I really appreciate your time, and yeah, I agree. Let's do it again. All right, all the best. Jeff Benedict, kind enough to spend some time with us here on episode 24 of Falcon's Flight. Time for us to take a break. Before we do, though, we want to remind you that even though we're a month or so into it, with a new year comes tons of new big games in sports. With big games, you need big stakes. Kansas City Stakes has the cuts you crave to celebrate the playoffs and the big game. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day and save up to 25 bucks on combos perfect for game day. Plus get free shipping with the code believe B-L-E-A-V at checkout. Try out the snack pack combo featuring small plates with big flavor like mini beef Wellington steak slider burgers. I, I can see Rob drooling over there. He's a chef. <laughs> Mac yeah. and cheese melts they've got. Shrimp wrapped in bacon. You name it, they've got it. Every order is flash frozen and delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction is guaranteed or your money back. And basically every cut of steak imaginable, plus some appetizers, desserts, barbecue, and so much more. Again, go to KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day and use the code believe B-L-E-A-V, at checkout for free shipping. Kansas City Steaks, big games, big taste. Time for us to take a break. When we come back... You know it, you'll love it. We'll dive into our world-famous swirly segment, long overdue. Falcon's Flight is a presentation of Believe Entertainment, the number one site for podcast professionals. Do you believe? We do. And we're back with more after this. Like in football, whether it's in business, recreation, or life, you need a game plan. Is your computer running slow? Is it infected with viruses or malware? Maybe you're a gamer and really want a custom-built computer specifically for gaming. Perhaps like us, you want a lightning-fast, state-of-the-art, solid-state drive to replace that clunky, old-school one in your machine. Your game plan for any of this should be Computers Plus. A lot of the components we use to produce and bring you Falcon's Flight have been upgraded or provided by Computers Plus. Computers Plus is located in Ackworth, Georgia at 3330 Cobb Parkway Northwest, Suite 154. But wherever you are, they can help. Stop in and see them. They also feature a full line of accessories and refurbished equipment. Give them a call today at 770-693-0769 or check them out at computersplususa.com. You'll be glad you did. 
Hey guys, it's a new year, and every day is a fresh start for you to just live. Travis Pastrana here to tell you exactly why I teamed up with Clay Thompson, Alex Morgan, and Paul Rodriguez to launch our new wellness brand, Just Live. As professional athletes, we put ourselves through a lot, physically and mentally. So we founded Just Live around all-natural, THC-free CBD products. Being from the East Coast, I was pretty skeptical about CBD products, but as an athlete, it's easy to see when something works. And when my dad was at wit's end, living in a fog of painkillers, severe lack of sleep, numerous surgeries later, I recommended he try CBD. It allowed him to get an extra couple hours of sleep, and it made all the difference to get my dad back on his feet. So don't go another day with pain, inflammation, or lack of sleep. I recommend trying Just Live today. These are products we fully trust and stand behind because we want you to be able to go out and just live. So get 20% off your order with code armchair at justlive.com. That's 20% off at justlive.com with the code armchair. What do you live for? Mr. Hardwood is Atlanta's premier flooring expert, but hardwood is just the beginning. Mr. Hardwood also installs laminate, tile, vinyl, carpet, and more. Your home is likely your biggest investment. Not only can you enhance its value with beautiful new floors, but our lifetime transferable warranty will enhance the value even more. If you stand on it, Mr. Hardwood stands behind it. Mr. Hardwood is committed to setting the industry standard for all your uniquely designed and professionally installed flooring solutions. Our number one goal is to exceed our customers' needs by providing value, quality, and exceptional service even after the sale. We take great pride in high-quality craftsmanship and integrity and are not satisfied until we have exceeded your expectations. Mr. Hardwood, Atlanta's flooring experts. To set up your free consultation, call Mr. Hardwood today at 770-318-8880 or go to mrhardwoodinc.com. It is Falcons Flight Edition number 24. Brian Giffen with Robert Taylor. Thanks again to Jeff Benedict of Blogging Dirty spending some time with us today recapping the first series of moves administratively that the Falcons have made as they look now to the future, the 2021 season, and what that's going to look like. Of course, we have a draft pending now before too long, and free agency is about to get underway right after you get finished with the championship game, so on and so forth. And we will have all of it for you as news develops. These shows probably are less likely to happen on a weekly basis until we get into the meat of the offseason. Once we have news, though, we will certainly bring it to you, and we appreciate you guys joining us the entire year, as well as we appreciate Believe Entertainment putting their faith in us to uh, bring you this show this year. It's been a ton of fun. Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to just all the uh, hot stove news and the, and the moves and the trades and, you know, is Alex Max going to retire and – you know, Arthur Smith has said he wants a big, aggressive offensive line, and all we can do is wait and speculate, and we'll wait and speculate each week. And I just want to thank everybody out there that's listening. And you can also find us, falconsflight66 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you because this show is for you, for fans, by fans. You know, let us know something you want to talk about, something you want to hear about Falcons-related, and and we'll certainly give you a shout out and see what we can't make happen. But Brian, I think your watch over there is uh, says something. Yeah. What time is it? Well, you know, last time because I got my brand new Apple Watch as a gift, Siri told us. But I'm going old school now and saying that it is swirly time, swirly time, swirly time. 
The Falcon's flight crew is intolerant of jackassery. There is a special place where morons are plunged headlong into a blue vortex of irony. Where imbeciles are irrigated, dumbasses are drenched, and abject idiocy rinsed away. Where pompous assery comes face to face with porcelain. I like that part. Where chlorine, <laughs> tidy bowl, and bleach administer swift, swirling justice. This is our Game of Thrones, where mindsets and hairstyles are forever altered. It is the Falcon's Flight Swirly segment. Now let's get this party started. Ah, yes. It has been way too long. We had to dust it. We have polished the handle. We have lifted the lid. And the commode of justice is about to spring forcefully, if not potentially violently, into action. <laughs> so, I'm going to start this because, well, you know, more often than not, that's kind of the way this has gone. So, I'm just going to go ahead and do it again. But if you spend too much time online, many people do. If you spend enough time online, about everyone does. You have undoubtedly heard the tale of now former Texas police chief Jason Collier. Jason Collier was a police chief in a town in Texas, and, uh, well, his wife has reportedly filed for divorce after finding out he was a serial cheater and had two girlfriends on the side. Opal Collier, who removed herself from social media after being humiliated by the drama, has now moved to the courts to ditch her husband. Opal has remained tight-lipped as her husband's secrets were unraveled and became a viral topic on the Internet. Collier's scandalous love life was revealed when Cicely Steinmetz, one of his girlfriends, publicly outed him on Facebook for leading a double-slash-triple life and shared pictures of the couple. I'm quoting her now. Chief Jason Collier is living a double-slash-triple life, she wrote on January 26, sharing pictures of the couple. I was his girlfriend until yesterday. He lied to me and presented me with fake annulment documents when I found out he was married. I also found out about a second girlfriend, Christy, last night. He lied to us, our children, and asked us both to marry him. He is a poor representative of your town. Well, he was fired and subsequently arrested for falsifying an annulment document. And I don't know what the hell else to say here, man, except, hey, Jason... Your head in the swirler, we must hasten. Get over here. That's it, boy. Get in there, nice and deep. Stay in there. Don't nobody go in the bathroom for about 35, 45 minutes. Somebody open the window. You see the peanut? Dead giveaway. And in this case... Mr. Collier was most decidedly the peanut. Well, we're going to put another turd in the old <laughs> swirly machine. He is a nameless, faceless person. But if I ever figure out who he is, I'm going to give him a good smack across the jaw. So I think it's no secret now for you listeners out there that Brian and I do have other jobs in the restaurant business. And on Thursdays, we get all our deliveries. 
And there's a fine young man from United Distributors, and I'm terrible with names. I've been talking to him every Thursday for years now, and I just can't remember for the life of me. Long story short, he comes in today, and we're talking a little football, and I said, man, who do you got in the big game? He said, I'm, I'm taking Pat and the Chiefs. That's who I'm pulling for. I said, yeah, me too, man. I said, uh, and I'm not even sure if I'm going to watch it because I've seen Tom Brady in nine Super Bowls, and I don't know if I can stomach watching him win a tenth. <laughs> he then proceeds to tell me that he has been speaking with his neighbor recently, and his neighbor kind of deems himself Mr. Falcon. You know, he's got a red and black lawn and the Falcon's awning over his grill and the Falcon's grill cover and, you know, Falcon socks, Falcon's underwear. He's just Falcon. This Falcon's. is the neighbor? Yeah, okay. the neighbor, not right. not our delivery driver. He's Falcons all day, and he's picking the Chiefs, but he keeps going on and on about how his neighbors just always will not be quiet about the mega Falcons fan. And then he follows it up, but, yeah, I asked him who he's rooting for, and he said the NFC South, Tom Brady, and the Bucks. <laughs> well, guess what? If I ever find your address, I'm going to come steal all that stuff. <laughs> And or light a fire at your residence. Don't because, tell Jason. Oh, wait a minute. He's not a cop anymore. Yeah, be, because any self-respecting Falcons fan would not be pulling for Tom Brady or the Bucks, especially Brady after what he did to us in the Super Bowls. So, dude, <laughs> get off the wagon. You're no Falcon fan or friend of mine. So it's time for a dunk, dude. Hey, neighbor. No charge for the parts or the labor. Get over here. That's it, boy. Get in there nice and deep. The reason that bad things happen to you is because you're a dumbass. And you're rooting for the Buccaneers. Exactly. (laughs) Well, that'll about wrap this edition of Falcon's Flight, and we really appreciate your patience. Obviously, we uh, were out of action for a couple of weeks due to various things, illness, upgrades, uh, you know, all the way back to even the holidays. We both had sporadic schedules, and such is life, but we're glad to have you back with us, and we look forward to bringing you the next one ASAP as soon as we get developments and further movement on how the off-season is going to progress. Thanks again to Jeff Benedict, who was great joining us today. Blogging Dirty is his website, and go check that out. There's a lot of good stuff on there. And bear in mind, as he pointed out, it's not as much news as it is an opinion site, and you're going to get some editorial commentator, and that's great stuff. And uh, I've read it. Trust me, it is worth the trip to Blogging Dirty. Go check it out. But thanks again, too, to Believe Entertainment, Believe is the number one site for podcast professionals. Do you believe? We certainly do. That wraps edition number 24. My thanks to Robert Taylor seated to my immediate right. Thanks again to Jeff Benedict. And thanks to that big porcelain device that makes the swirly segment a viable, if entertaining, possibility and a great vehicle to put morons in headlong. That'll do it for us. We're out. Thank you for listening to Falcon's Flight. Tune in throughout the season for updates, insights, and analysis on the Dirty Birds. Falcon's Flight is a production of Believe Entertainment.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.